Welcome to Trib Talk. I'm Jennifer Napier, Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Utah's air pollution has kept kids inside for recess, has triggered a mask-wearing trend, and prompted thousands to pro protest at Utah's capital. Now the inversion is inspiring art. A group of artists from China and Taiwan who live with a polluted air problem of their own have come to town to share their artistic impressions of smog and haze. And today on Trip Talk, we're talking about how art contributes to the conversation about our environment. Joining me on the Google Hangout today is Kevin DeLuca. He is a professor of communication and adjunct professor of envir environmental humanities at the University of Utah. He's also co-curator of the new exhibit, Beijing SLC Connect, imaging the effects of air pollution now showing at the College of Fine Arts at the University of Utah. And Kevin is joining me here in the Tribune newsroom. Kevin, great to have you. Thank you so much for your time. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. Also with us, uh, Mei Mei Chang is a mixed media installation artist from Taiwan. Uh, who uses various media to explore the connection between the internal and external worlds, and she's joining us here in the newsroom as well. May May, great to have you. Oh, thank you very much. Also with us, Dai Dan Dan is an artist from Beijing, had a career in television before becoming a full-time artist, and her recent work focuses on consumerism in contemporary Chinese culture, and she's joining us here in the newsroom as well. And uh, Dai, welcome to you. Thank you, everybody. And you can join our conversation today. How do you see the connection between art and pollution? If you have questions or comments about the Beijing SLC Connect exhibit, you can join us. Send them to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+, or put them in the comment section of our page at sltrib.com. Uh, Kevin, I'll start with you. Give us a little background. I understand that you received a grant to fund the Beijing SLC Connect exhibit. Why did you put this exhibit together? Sure. Uh, last winter, when we had some really bad inversions, I remember listening to shows like National Public Radio and uh, hearing about all the pollution in Beijing. But at the same time, I was looking out my window and not being able to see across the street. And I said, wait, we, we should think a little bit more about our pollution in Salt Lake City also. And I'd been to Beijing uh, several times. So I knew about their problem, and I knew some artists in Beijing. Uh, so I got together with my uh, co-curator, Betsy Bruner, and we applied for a grant from the Sustainable Campus Initiative Fund, or SCIF for short. And they were happy to give us the money because they usually give money for like new light bulbs or things like that. Um, so uh, the idea of doing an art project would give the issue way more visibility. So they would be putting their money into a project about air pollution that could be part of a community conversation. Hmm. It's interesting you want to increase the visibility of pollution, uh, but it's already visible to those who live here. Um, we live it, in it, we breathe it. H how does art sort of lead to a heightened awareness? Well, I think uh, that's definitely a good point, and I think part of it is not so much awareness, but a means of expression or a space for expression. So you're breathing that gunk every day, and you might be like, what can I do about it? You know, if you're not in the legislature, what are you going to do? And how do you express yourself? And part of it could lead to sort of apathy, or it can also uh, fortunately lead to protests like we had a couple weekends ago. But art could be still another way to express your feelings about uh, living in such a situation. And there's been a long history of art and environmental activism going back to Yosemite and then Yellowstone National Parks where photographers and artists went there, painted the landscape and inspired 
politicians to save those places to today where we have things like photographs of polar bears to motivate us to you know stop climate change and modify our behavior so in a sense the idea of art is so much it's not so much of aware awareness part of, partly awareness but also providing a space for people to think differently and engage differently with the issue Hmm. Well, I'll turn to our, our Chinese artists now. I, I don't know if the inversion has been in full force while you've been in Salt Lake City, but uh, give us a sense of how a Utah inversion compares to the air quality that you experience in Beijing. Uh, Mei Mei? Uh, well, I'm, I'm originally from Taiwan, and so when I grew up, and there's uh, definitely has uh, certain air pollution back then, but then now I guess uh, we start to have like a Created subways and um, start encouraging people to ride bikes. And then currently, I live in uh, Maryland, DC area. So then uh, the bike sharing is really popular, and carpooling, and and you know people encourage like a uh, metro assistance. So those is like uh, definitely help the environment. Die Dan Dan, I mean, what's it like living and breathing in Beijing? Well, actually, uh, for Beijing people. Beijing people, they don't care much about air pollution because they have already got used to it. So for usually for foreigners, if they first came to China for the first time and uh, they can feel like, uh, you know, I mean, they have to wear masks and usually we don't wear masks and uh, they usually can have easily coughing and had a cold. And uh, once a time, my, my, mom, my mother saw a foreigner wearing mask in China, in Beijing, and uh, she said, if you don't like Beijing, just leave. <laughs> yeah. So when I first time arrived in Utah, I said, oh, what a fresh air. Why they complain about the air pollution? <laughs> if you really want to know what is uh, air pollution, you have to come to Beijing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Dai, what are the impressions that you're trying to convey with your art while you're here in Salt Lake? Uh, one of my works uh, just to record the air pollution in Beijing and Salt Lake, and then I just combine two different uh, air pollution together in one like painting, mixed media. Okay, yeah. and uh, you, Mei Mei, wh what is your uh, what is your art going to look like when it's finished here in Salt Lake? Uh, so far at the gallery, um, I try to uh, collaborate with the space. So I'm going to bring the outside space and then into this, the gallery space and then um, so that would be more interactive with the space and then since we've been here and the air is so clear and so fresh but then I guess the uh, the fundamental, the uh, the illusion, the romantic of a uh, side of air pollution so hopefully people be more aware about what we're doing and what the pollution can be harmful. Mm. Talking about using art to understand the effects of air pollution with artists Mei Mei Cheng and Dai Dan Dan. Also with us, Kevin DeLuca, who's one of the co-curators of the new exhibit, Beijing SLC Connect. Um, it is now showing at the Gittins Gallery at the College of Fine Arts at the University of Utah. And for more information and a sneak peek, um, there's a photo gallery on our website, sltrib.com. And you're welcome to join our conversation today if you've got questions or comments about the connection between art, pollution, and activism. You can send them to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+, or put them in the comments section of our page at sltrib.com. Um, remind us, um, 
why is Beijing's air so bad? Dai, I mean, do you know where the pollution is coming from? I think one way is uh, from uh, vehicles. We have too many cars in Beijing. And the other side maybe is about the, in the wintertime, usually some places use uh, coal for, uh, for heating. So there's a, there's a seasonal component, much like we have here in Utah. Yeah, yeah. In winter time, usually getting worse. Mm. And what I would the, add, add one thing, Jennifer, which please, is Kevin. partly what inspired us to think about Beijing was they share the same problem of being surrounded by mountains. And so um, when the air pollution gets there and there's no wind or no storms, it just sits there just like we have with our smog sitting here. Mm. And another reason I just remember uh, we don't have too many rain or snow as what you uh, Salt Lake have. For example, uh, recent these two days I just heard in Beijing they have a snow after 122 days, and usually in the winter time we have snow uh, similar like Salt Lake, but this year we have only one first time here. Uh, I mean these days, yeah. What has the government tried to do to remedy the situation? You mentioned, um, Dai, that it was something that people just took for granted in their lives and they just try to just cope with it, live with it, as if there's nothing to be done. Can the government do something to intervene on that? Yes, actually they did a lot of things. Uh, for example, they limited the number of car plate and uh, also the driver license, and uh, also uh, some 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 day you can drive, and some day you cannot drive. Um, and also we have a lot of mass uh, transportation. Uh, what else? But it's not helping. Uh, it's helping a little bit, but not enough. Yeah, not enough because we have too many population in Beijing. It's really hard to yeah reduce the air pollution. It's really hard. I read that the population grew from 1953, there were 3 million people in Beijing, mm -hmm. to in 2010, over 20 million. Um, and that means more factories and, and more homes and more cars, more emissions. I mean, yeah. um, are, is anyone in the team sort of exploring that population growth aspect to the pollution issue? Um, Kevin, I know that there are some other artists who are also involved in this. Right. Um, Matthew Niederhauser, who will be visiting next week, his work, he's, he's based in New York City, but he spends a lot of time in China and especially Beijing, and he photographs kind of the consequences of industrialism. So in a sense, both Beijing and Salt Lake City are experiencing the consequences of industrialism and population growth in a relatively confined space, you know, confined by the mountains, uh, the water supply, and so on. And I think, uh, in a sense, uh, what uh, Dan Dan mentioned in terms of the efforts of the government in Beijing, there have been even more. So they've tried to move a lot of the factories outside of town so that there is less pollution that way. And then one of the things that uh, people in Beijing love to do is eat breakfast on these little charcoal fires on little street side stands. And so they're trying to limit that. They're trying to say you can't just have open kind of coal burning stoves and you're going to have to have some either compressed gas system or some sort of filtration system because you can walk down certain streets in the morning and it really looks like London in the 1850s with all the uh, coal smoke. Mm -hmm. Can you describe uh, the other artists who are involved? You mentioned Matthew Niederhauser, right. um, Huang Xu and Li Gong as well. What, what are their creations sort of focusing on? 
Sure. Um, Huang Shu has focused a lot on kind of the detritus of industrialism. So to just show one quick picture, if I can, here's a photograph that maybe people can see. And it's a, kind of a blown up of a plastic bag that he found in the streets of Beijing. So he did a lot of photographs, a series of what he calls fragments of the plastic bags around Beijing that get kind of blown up and kind of look surreally beautiful, even though they are kind of this waste and trash of, of uh, the system in Beijing. And the other artist, uh, Li Gang, has always, and a lot of the artists in Beijing, always live on the outskirts of the city where the rents are cheaper, where they can build studios. And as the city keeps exploring, they keep getting pushed more to the margins. And so in that marginal landscape, Li Gang takes a lot of photographs of what's happening, kind of the, um, the excess of industrialism, of the lost homes, of, of some of the pollution, and so on. So both of them have kind of grappled with not just air pollution, but kind of all the kind of turmoil of living in a city that's growing and expanding so fast, as you mentioned, Jennifer. Mm. Um, both of uh, our artists here, you define yourselves as environmentally focused. May May Chang, maybe explain what does that mean to be an environmentally focused artist, and and how did you get there? Um, well, my work's mainly based on like uh, city changings for a period of time. And so air pollution, this is kind of new direction for me, um, along with the, the group and the team. But at the same time, I think um, environmental issues is really important, and it's daily life, and it's really universal. So it doesn't matter like what kind of topic I'm dealing with, but I still relate to environmental. And, and hopefully people be more aware like what you know can cause to our environment things that like, um, take for granted, as you mm. mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Dan, what did, how, how did you get wrapped up into um, environmental activism and, and expression through your art that way? Well, usually I, I, I use found, found objects. And uh, the found objects have usually is about related to environmental issues. And we have a lot of these kind of issues in Beijing. And usually these kind of found, found objects is looks not really good, but I want to use my my way to make it better. Speaking with artists Dan Dan Dai as well as Mei Mei Chang and Kevin DeLuca who helped organize the new exhibit Beijing SLC Connect, imaging the effects of air pollution now showing at the University of Utah. Um, and if you'd like to join us, again, you can send your thoughts to the hashtag TripTalk on Twitter and Google Plus or put them in the comment section at sltrib.com. Uh, Kevin, you're calling this a living gallery. Uh, describe the concept for us. Okay, uh, by living gallery, we mean for the three weeks we're here, so we have two more weeks left, it's more a studio than a gallery. So it's not like the artists brought a lot of already finished work and are just hanging it up and you can wander around. Instead, they're working right now. You'll hear hammering, sawing, you can see people painting or knitting, depending on the work that they're doing. And we also have some space, like we have um, canvases and we have paint, and anyone visiting us can come here uh, and work on the art in the gallery alongside the artists. So they can talk to the artists about their work, but they can also do some of their own work. For example, we have a bunch of masks, and people can decorate them however they want or to send a message on the mask. And so, in a sense, we really want the community and students. Uh, on Monday, the Da Vinci Middle School is bringing a class of 15 students to work in the gallery. 
there's a uh, on Monday there's also a class from the university called Global Citizenship and they're coming to the gallery and the idea is not just to wander around but to do something make some art take some photographs we have cameras there we have canvases we have paint uh, we have hammers and bricks too so almost anything you want to do I, I, I'm curious what it's like having an audience um, as you're making art having people watch you create what does that feel like Mei Mei? Uh, well, I'm kind of shy, so usually I get nervous when people like walking around. But then you know, but then which is fine because they can see what we're doing and it's part of the process. And I think that's more important than just the end result. And then so they can engage with us, they like, ask questions and stuff like that. What kind of questions are you getting from people uh, who come? Usually they will say what kind of material I'm using or what I'm going to do with the space. Um, like, um, like pretty much, yeah, we just started. Dan, Dan, your impressions about having uh, people sort of interact with you while you're doing what you do? To tell you the truth, I don't like that way. <laughs> so I always <laughs> wear a, a headphone. I want to listen to my music, and uh, uh -huh. you know, usually say I don't want to share the music with other people. But actually, I think when I uh, focus on my work, I, I really want to be in my world and not talk to, talk to other people. But anyway, I have to talk. It's one of my job. So what can I do? I just talk, and they ask me some questions, and uh, like, uh, what is our concept? What is my uh, why I use these kind of materials or why I choose this color, but actually I don't have any answer for that. Because usually I, I do my work just randomly, and I choose whatever I, I want. I didn't think anything at all. Yeah. Kevin, I mean, what kind of feedback are you getting from the people who have seen this? Again, it's only been a week, um, and, and things are very much in flux, but uh, having a sort of a, a behind-the-scenes look at the artistic process, I imagine, must be pretty fascinating for people who aren't artists themselves. Yes, it's been really positive so far. Fortunately, the artists were able to get some work together relatively quickly, and there's other longer projects going on, so next week there'll be a lot more stuff going on in the gallery. So people could see stuff already, and the Giddens Gallery is in such a great location in the art building that there's a lot of people walking by who'll see it and come in. So some of the people are artists, but some of them are communication students, or environmental students, or even engineers, and so they've been but they both like seeing you know some of the stuff from China. I think they really like talking to people you know who've experienced a different environment but with similar issues. Um, and then part of it, like like one of the artists, Li Gong, is building a mountain out of the side of the wall of uh, the gallery with kind of metal girders, I guess. So people are wondering, you know, what is that? You know, and then when you see it's a mountain, they can kind of think about it and make sense of it in certain ways. Uh, so I think they enjoy trying to the chance to ask the artist what's happening. Because lots of times, especially with modern art, you're walking to a gallery, if you don't know what's happening, there's no one to ask what's happening. In this instance, you can say, and even if Dan Dan doesn't like to have to explain herself, like most artists, it's she has to, as she said. And so it's a chance to actually figure out what are artists thinking about? Why are they expressing themselves in certain ways? Um, and, and that sense of creativity, like the fortunate thing of being an artist is, you have a space to be creative. Here's how I'm reacting to something, and now I'm expressing myself. Hmm. Uh, Dan, Dan, would you ever consider doing an exhibit like this in Beijing? 
Yes, I I have some similar experience like this, but uh, I, I didn't expect there are so many visitors coming every day, and there are a lot of press, interviews, journalists, reporters. It's too many. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mei Mei? Would you consider doing this in your new home of uh, Maryland? Um, I mean, possible. <laughs> So yeah, I mean it's tough because artists usually, you know, we are into our own space and our own um, creations. So, but it's learning process as well. And then I'm glad like people can come and talk to us. Like Kevin mentioned earlier, because when you go to a gallery and you always see the end result, like it just a show and nobody explaining to you. And this is great. Like people get coming and talk to us and understand. And I think it's more impact to. You know, people will understand why we care about air pollution, and this is your daily life, and this is part of your life, and so hopefully we'll get some uh, feedback and from more people. Uh, on Monday, I understand you're having a roundtable discussion with the artists, talking about uh, their evolving work. Uh, what are some of the ideas that you're going to be exploring? Um, I guess Kevin. Sure. Um, it's 4:30 at the UMFA on campus. And it'll be a roundtable. It'll start off with a short slideshow about the role of art in environmental activism from the 1860s until today. So that'll take about 10 minutes or so. And then we really want it to be open. So we want a chance you know, for artists who are in the audience to ask questions of the artists and their work, as well as to um, for activists, uh, people who are concerned, or and just citizens who are concerned about these issues, to come and ask questions and kind of start a dialogue between people who are having these experiences of kind of the negative consequences of all this growth, both industrial growth, population growth, and so on. Hmm. Well, what can Utah learn from the Beijing experience? Um, I guess Dan, Dan, I'll I'll ask you that. Can you say that again? Uh, what can Utah? What can people here who live here learn from what you've learned in Beijing about air pollution? Mm, well, I think you can understand why you are so lucky to be here in Utah <laughs> rather than living in Beijing. <laughs> I think, uh, if I may interrupt for a second, uh, Jennifer, um, both uh, Betsy Bruner, my co-curator, and I spend a lot of time talking to environmental groups in China. Um, and so on. And I think part of what we can learn, since our air isn't quite so bad yet, is how important clean air is. So you have all these environmental protests throughout China over air issues, over water issues, and people realize no matter how many consumer goods you have, no matter what your standard of living is, if you can't breathe the air, if you can't drink the water, what does it matter? Like you have to have those fundamental things first. Hmm. Uh, I'll ask our, our two artists finally, Mei Mei Chang, why did you want to participate in the Beijing SLC Connect? Uh, well, my works really uh, relate to environment, so I'm really honored to be part of this, uh, this um, project. And then, so, um, that's all. And Dan Dan, you? Yeah. What? what do you hope to take from this experience? Uh, it's very good experience for, for me to to know about the living gallery. It's a new experience for me, and also talk with people is what I have to learn from now on. Hmm. Kevin, just very quickly, can you tell us um, how long the exhibit will be, where people can go, some logistical stuff? 
Sure. So we're on the University of Utah campus uh, at the Giddens Gallery in the Art Building, and that's next to the uh, Fine Arts Museum. We'll have the roundtable, as mentioned, on Monday, and then we have a closing reception on Thursday, the 20th of this month. So basically, people have two more weeks where they can come participate, or if they want to see the finished pro uh, project and are not so interested in the process, they can come on Thursday and see what the gallery looks like when it's finished. Uh, Kevin DeLuca, Mei Mei Chang, and Dan Dan Dai, thank you all very much for your time today. I appreciate it. Oh, Thanks thank so much. Yeah. It's a lot and of fun. You, again, you can see a photo gallery and more information on the Beijing SLC Connect exhibit on our website, sltrib.com. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for tuning in to Trib Talk today. We'll see you next time. <laughs>